On the Pasuk in this week's parasha which says on the, on the other side of the Yardim which means outside of Es Yisrael in the land of Moev Moesha began to explain this the Torah saying our sages tell us what does this Pasuk mean explaining the Torah means that he explained it to them in 70 languages all the languages of the world similarly we also find before crossing over the Yarden Moshe instructed them and it will be when you will cross over the Yarden the Jordan River the Kasafta Allah Vanim shall inscribe on these stones. He told them to erect stones. And on those stones they should inscribe all the words of this Torah by with good explanation. Very well explained. Zogner Azal, our sages say also, as Bayer Hetev, what did he mean by very well explained? means they should inscribe it in all seventy languages. In this uh, we are taught there was this, uh, once happened that five elders they translated the uh, the Torah into Greek for Talmai the king that day was as difficult for the Jewish people like the day on which the eagle was made. What's the reason that it was so? What was so difficult? Because the Torah couldn't be translated perfectly. So we have to understand from them was the from the fact that Moshe explained it to them in seventy languages and even more so from the that he instructed them to write it on this, inscribe it on the stones by also in uh, translating it by Ayan Loshan into 70 languages. Is Mocha, from there it's clear, that there is a, a good, there is a value to translating the Torah. So why does the Gemara say that? The translation into Greek is Goraninu Kosha is a very, such a difficult thing, such a harmful thing. Um Kosha and not just harmful but very harmful. and the question is even greater. In dem tam der Sarka, because the reason that is given, why is it so terrible? Because the Torah cannot be translated perfectly. Vibalda the so the question is, the Torah had already been translated earlier. Um, in Aleph, in all 70 languages, as we mentioned before, in two instances, Moshe Rabbeinu uh, translated it in 70 languages, and also they inscribed it on the stones in 70 languages. So how, why is it such a terrible thing? It's already been done. It's not something that happened today for the first time. It's difficult to say that the reason is, as a Mesech to say from Ved Gemeint that in your kosher for Zvabunim blows Metirgum of Lashing Yavanis, that the Mesech to say from is referring to something which is a specifically difficult 
in regards to translating it into Greek specifically as opposed to the other languages as opposed to as I said the other 70 languages so it's difficult to say that that's the, the problem because because number one because the 70 language, languages in which the Torah had already been translated also included Greek on the other hand which leads to the second question from the way the, the Gemara said the, the Gemara says it there, there that the problem is that the Torah cannot be properly translated is mashma from there it seems that the problem with the Torah being translated properly means in any language the Torah is so perfectly written in Lashon Kodesh that it's, it's impossible to translate it fully in any language so it's not specific to Greek and a third question to the contrary in fact when we look at the Greek language as opposed to the other languages we find in other places as Lashon Yevanasatim in them that in this particular matter in regards to this matter of translating into Greek Greek has something which is over the other languages because according to the opinion of Rav Shimon Gamliel which is also the actual final aloha the official transcribing of Tanakh can be done only in Lashon Kodesh that means to write it on parchment with the, with the font with the Ksav Ashuris that should ha- it should have the status of a, an official Sefer of Tanakh can be done only by Lashon Kodesh not in any other language if you write it in any other language it doesn't have the status of a holy book except for the only exception to the other languages that it cannot be written is in that it could be written in Greek and then it does have the status of Sifre Kodesh of holy books so therefore in this matter Greek has a quality over all the other languages so it's difficult to say that the problem is specific to the fact that it was translated into Greek whereas it had it been or as it has been translated in other languages it's not a problem at all a fourth question that's an even greater question the state in Yerushalmi it's written in Yerushalmi they, they examined it, they researched, they tried, they experimented, and they found that the Torah cannot be translated properly in any other language except for Greek. So Greek is the only language in which it can be translated properly. The Iketmiya and the, the, the biggest question of all this is in them was the Brisa Anala Masechta Seifim is from the wording in the Brisa in Masechta Seifim which says the Hayyayim Koshal Israel and that day the day that they translated it for Talmud Melech was as difficult for the Jewish people Kiyayim Shenasa Egel like the day in which the Egel was made 
So the question is, how could one say that because the Torah cannot be fully, perfectly translated, it's such a terrible thing, it's so negative that it can be compared that it should be compared to the making of the eagle or the day that the eagle was made. Based the lashon now this expression kiyom shenasa eagle that something is compared to the day in which the eagle was made. Gifinim eroichem mesechta shabbos we also find it in mesechta shabbos in regards to as oisia yoyim that on that day there was a day in which they, the sages gathered and there was a debate and on that day hilul kafav yeshul shamai that on that day hilul was subservient and he sat before Shammai like one of the students rather than not even as a, an equal colleague as one of the students and it was as difficult for the Jewish people like the day that the eagle was made the similar expression so there too we have to understand why was that day considered to be so terrible for the Jews that we should compare it to the day in which the eagle was made Rashi is Mefarosh Rashi explains that why was it so terrible because Hillel was the leader he was the supreme leader and was a very humble person that's how Rashi explains it. Is Nishmubin, so you have to understand, Lachaira. I should uh, first say what happened over there. There was a debate about a certain matter. Some say that it was the day that they, they debated 18 matters and they ruled in favor of Shammai. Normally, the rulings were always in favor of Hillel, but on that day, they ruled in, in favor of Shammai because there was a, uh, a vote and there were more members of the house of Shammai, of the yeshiva of Shammai so they had the majority and they ruled in favor of Shammai so that day Hillel was subservient he, he was outvoted and uh, so it was a day as difficult as the day that the Nagel was made so we have to understand about this Nishmuv and we have to understand what Rashi how Rashi interprets this it would seem that Rashi's explanation about why this was such a terrible day, his first explanation, because Hillel was the leader, that explains why it was such a terrible day, because the leader was set aside, and they ruled in favor of the second in command, the second tier, which was Shammai. That since Hillel was the leader, and on that day he had to sit subservient to Shammai, like one of the students, that's a terrible thing, that explains it. Oh, but, the prat, but the second detail that Rashi gives is the Gor Adarabah, that is, that sort of works contrary to what Rashi is trying to say, explain why it was a difficult day. What was the second reason? Because he was a humble person. Saying that Hillel was humble gives explanation that yes, Hillel was able to tolerate to be able to sit in front of Shammai and be subservient to Shammai. He was so humble, 
that explains why it should not have been a terrible day because Hillel was able to tolerate it Abapiez has given the Nasser that even though he was the leader Talez given an Amazon he was able to sit in subservience to Shammai because he was so humble so what is Rashi saying how does Rashi use that reasoning to explain why it was a terrible day Sodoma Farshim, there are commentators with Zogn that explain it this way. Zogn and Pirish and Rashi, they explain Rashi this way. Because they spurned Hillel, taking advantage of the fact that he was so humble. And that also explains why it's compared to the day that the eagle was made. Which also then by the eagle they spurned Moshe, and they and because he was so humble, the Amru when they said they said let's make a new God to walk before us. So that's why it that explains also why the two are compared to each other they spurned the leader not just he had to sit in subservience but they even acted negatively towards him and that was only because he was so humble and that's why it, that's what allowed it to happen that's how they explain what Rashi is saying that doesn't fully explain it because even after you draw the similarity between spurning Moshe and spurning Hillel because what was the Egel wasn't so much about that they disrespected Moshe as terrible as spurning and disrespecting Moshe is but that's not what the point of the day of the Egel is over there the sin of the Egel the terrible uh, impact of the Egel was not about spurning Moshe it was about they worshipped an idol so that really doesn't explain the comparison between the two events the Egel is a much bigger thing than just simply Disrespecting Moshe. Gimel. So perhaps we can explain it this way. I first explained them by looking closely at the language that is used in those two Gemaras, in Mesechta Sefer and Mesechta Shabbos, both the story in Mesechta Sefer and Shabbos, that it says, It says there, it was as terrible for the Jews as the day in which the eagle was made. It doesn't say it was as terrible as the making of the eagle, or kecheta eagle was as terrible as the sin of the eagle. It's as terrible as the day which in which the eagle was made. That's a strange language. It's a strange, strange wording. So we have to understand what that means. The pashtus in the yoyim avedus eagle is is the yoyim avedus eagle given lomachus emasiyas eagle. Reading the story it seems that the day in which they worshipped the eagle was not the day that they made the eagle it was the day after they made the eagle as it says in the Pasuk that on that day the after making the eagle Aaron said to them let's make a celebration unto Hashem tomorrow meaning that the meat 
his intention, why he delayed it for the next day was because he wanted upstup, he wanted to delay it. Because he was certain that Moshe would come eventually the next day, and then they will the day of celebration would be to Hashem and not God forbid to the eagle. That was Aaron's intention for telling them to come back tomorrow. So therefore, the main sin of the eagle, the actual worshiping of the eagle, only happened the day after they actually made it. As the Pasuk says, they got up early the next morning, and they brought the sacrifices to the eagle. So the day that they made the eagle is not the day that they worshipped the eagle. That's the point. So when we say that it was as difficult for the Jewish people, those two stories, like the day in which the eagle was made, means... The harpkeit kaishi b'shteit nishtazayin dem etzem asiyah from the megal. What it means is the the comparison of these stories to the to the egel is not to the part of the day of the making of the egel or to the worshiping. Certainly not to the worshiping of the egel. Varum oich nogdem od gekenzayin bi'aron gezog de chagla shem machar. Because not it's not even compared to the making of the egel. Because even the making of the eagle, Aaron's intention was, what was his plan? Don't make the eagle now. Tomorrow, Moshe Rabbeinu will come back, and the celebration will be to Hashem, not to the eagle. So even the making of the eagle could have turned out to be not terrible. They will serve Hashem. So what is the comparison to what is the comparison of those two stories to the Yom Shenasa Be'egel? In them, this is Yom Shenasa Be'egel. The comparison is only that to the day in which the Egel was made. It's that the time the Yidden were preoccupied by the Egel. It was a time dedicated to the Egel. That's the comparison. They weren't interested in the in Hashem but they diverted their attention and the day was preoccupied with matters of the eagle. And therefore, the day that the eagle was made is seen more as a day in which they were preparing to worship the eagle. Not that they worshiped the eagle, not that they made the eagle, that's not the issue. The issue is they be, they were they were in motion in a frame of mind. We're going to worship the eagle tomorrow. Dalit Valderaz has been gave some targum So a similar thing also happens in regards to the translation of the Torah. In the way they wrote it for Talmi Amalech, as the Torah they wrote it. They translated it into Greek. The Pirush in the Sefrim. What he means, expl- uh, the meaning of the words in the Sechel Sefer, like, What does he mean that the Torah ta- the couldn't be translated fully? Maintenance, what it means is, to be able to translate the Torah verbatim, and in the order in which the Torah is written. Be a state in Torah as it's written in the Torah, but Lashon Hakodesh in Lashon Hakodesh, and is ain't a Torah yechol litargem. 
it's impossible to translate the Torah in the exact way that the Torah is written, the order of the words, and so on. And what is the problem? Why can't you translate it verbatim? The, fact, the problem is, because if you translate it verbatim, that could lead to misunderstanding what the Torah means to say. If you translate it in, in Lashon Kedush, it's understood what is meant. But when you translate it into another language and you try to do it verbatim, you could skew the meaning of the words. As the famous example, they, in the, the first words in the Torah are Bereshiz Baralekim, which means in the beginning Hashem created. But if they would have translated that into Greek, in that order, it would have read Bereshiz is the name of some power created God. Bereshiz created God. So they didn't want that to be to be able to be said. So therefore they reversed the order. They said, Elikim bara Bereshis, Hashem created in the beginning. So therefore somebody wants to, even if somebody wants to translate the beginning as some sort of a power, Hashem created that beginning. So in other words, you can translate it verbatim and get the same meaning in some instances. And there were 13 other things that they had to reverse, that they had to slightly change in order for the true meaning to be able to be understood when a non-Jew referring to Talmud the king that Nogdem learned the Torah in Loshen Yavan and he will then learn study the Torah in Greek if they would have translated it in a verbatim which means perfectly it would have been quite possible that he would misunderstand the true meaning of the words in a number of places not only will he misunderstand it but he would translate it and it would come out the exact opposite of what the Torah is trying to say as I gave the first example the far therefore we find therefore we find that when there was two stories uh, recorded one of them is that there were uh, five skenim uh, five sages that translated the Torah for him for and the other one is the famous 72 rabbis which is the meaning of the word septuagint which means that the greek translation of the torah because it was the 70 that translated it so that's also in the gemara another story so we find over there that when the 72 rabbonim uh, translated the torah for talmai is Hashem put it into the heart of each and every one of them Eitzah, he gave them the wisdom and without having discussed it with each other because they were all locked into separate rooms they all came to the same conclusion the exact same conclusions and they changed 13 things all of them changed the exact same 13 things slightly changed and in those 13 instances they didn't translate it perfectly meaning in the exact verbatim as the Torah says it they changed, made slight changes because they were afraid that he would mistake, he would make a mistake and he would misunderstand and misinterpret and so 
when in Demba state the Faglai Hanalam is to save him. So that's what's meant by it's not possible to translate it uh, perfectly, means verbatim. Because it could lead to a mistake. And that's what the meaning, that's what the comparison is in the Sechta Seferim, that that day when they translated that it was, that day was as difficult for the Eden as the day in which the eagle was made. What's the comparison? Just like the day in which they made the eagle was as difficult, it was difficult for the eagle, just like that day in which they put them they put their minds and their hearts into making the eagle. That in itself was not yet the ultimate sin. The problem with that day was that it led to the next day. Then they committed the big sin. In a similar way, the day in which they translated the Torah into Greek, it's a very difficult day for the Jews. Why? Because that will eventually lead, not that the translation itself was a terrible thing, but that it would lead to misinterpretation of the Torah. It would, could lead to misinterpreting the Torah in a way that is contrary to what the Torah stands for. Hey, umein zeh, and in a similar way, somewhat similar way, yeshleimah, we could say, uh, in about the day in which uh, Hillel had to be subservient to Shammai. It's also compared to the day in which the Yidin made the eagle. Why? The, the very fact that they ruled in favor of Shammai on that day is nishta zekosha. That's not such a terrible thing. Because in the end, the bottom line was that Hillel did not respond to Shammai. In other words, in the debate, Hillel, Shammai got the last word, let's put it that way. So in other words, and Hillel did not pursue his position, in the end he acquiesced to Shammai. Which means, in the end, Hillel acknowledged that Shammai was right, that the Allah is as Shammai, uh, Shammai's position was. So that in itself is not so terrible. The What was truly difficult about that day is, what the concern was, is that it could lead as Eich Shpeter that also in later situations they could learn from that day oh we ruled like Shammai maybe we can rule like Shammai in, in later situations as well which that would have gone against the, the rules of Allah as was set up for the future for all future generations which is as Beshame Bamakam Bezil in the Mishnah, that Beshame's opinion in the place where Hillel has an opinion, a different opinion, is not even considered to be a Mishnah. It's not considered at all. We could study it, we could learn it, but as far as Allah is concerned, it doesn't rise in its level to be able to, deb- to uh, debate Hillel. The Halacha is like Beis Hillel, and therefore. If someone would take a lesson from that day in which uh, Hillel was subservient to Shammai, 
that they would want to do rule in favor of Shammai at a later date, this could lead to that. In other words, the day itself, nothing wrong happened. But it could lead to something later happening. Just like we said about the Yoim, that they, the day that they made the Egel, and the day that they translated the, uh, the Torah into Greek. And one could say also, that that's what Rashi meant. Because Hillel was the leader and humble. As we asked the question before, how does humble explain the problem? Rashi is explaining what's so difficult about that day. The reason that the halacha was set like Hillel, and therefore in the future base Hillel, the Shishiva uh, of Hillel, is for these two for these two qualities that Hillel possessed Nasiv and Vasan first of all he was the leader and also he was humble the Meira Halacha Bechlal is the Nasi Nasi means the rule is that the one who gives the final word on all matters of Halacha is the leader even in comparison to the head of the Bezdin which was what Shammai was but Hillel was the Nasi, he was the leader of the entire Jewish community. So whenever there is a dispute between the Nasi and the Abbez, then the Allah is like the Nasi. And given fakert, and but in this case it was they went the other way, Shamit given the Abbezdin, because Shame was the Abbezdin and they ruled in favor of Shamay. So that's one thing, one problem that was created. That's why it was a difficult day. The rule is supposed to be like the Nasi. And here they ruled like the Abbezdin. One problem. When Anvasam, the second problem was that Hillel was a humble person. The Gemara says, The Gemara talks about the difference between Beshame and Beshillel as a rule. Why was it that the Beis Hillel merited that the laws were always, always ruled in their favor? Because they were easygoing and they allowed themselves to be insulted. They didn't have to respond to every insult, to every challenge. They were, in other words, they were humble. So the reason that they ruled like, the, like Beis Hillel was because of humility. So the fact that on that day they didn't rule like Beis Hillel, rather they ruled like Beis Shammai, was a problem both because Hillel was the Nasi and Beis Shammai not, and because Hillel was the humble one, therefore deserved that it should be ruled in his favor, and they ruled like Beis Shammai. Vav. Vibaldas ali Since everything in Torah is so meticulous and perfect, is moving, it's also understood as the Fagleich von the that the comparison between these two situations, first on the one hand, the translation of Torah into Greek, and the fact that Hill was subservient to Shammai, the fact that these two are compared to the Myim Shanasabi Eagle to the day in which the Eagle was made, is Nishnor in them was the Tog Ken Geirim Zain, an Inyan on Maurabil Tirazi is not only limited to the fact that the uh, that all three of them could lead to something later happening as a result of what happened that day. It's not the only reason that is compared. That's one reason. But 
but that there must be something about the eagle itself, not just the, the fact that one thing led to another, which led to an even ne- more negative thing. It's also what does the eagle and the sin of the eagle and the day that the eagle was made, what does it, what is it about? And the comparison is also about what is the eagle all about? The Azbarozet to explain that. We know that the uh, it's well known what the uh, commentators on the Torah explain at length in regards to the matter of making the eagle. As the Yidin were not in intending to make an Avedazara. They didn't want to create a new deity, a new god nor blaze, rather what they were trying to do is amanic, they were trying to appoint a new leader that they wanted somebody because Moshe wasn't coming back so they wanted to find a new leader that should replace Moshe not that they were trying to replace Hashem that's how the uh, many commentaries explain it and we see this actually in the words that they use, as the Pasuk says, they said, why should we make a, an eagle? Because Mitzrayim, the one that took us out of Mitzrayim, we don't know what happened to him, where is he? He disappeared. So let's make an eagle to replace him. Thus haste, which means, they wanted to find a intermediary between Hashem and themselves. They knew that it's difficult to approach Hashem, to relate to Hashem directly. So just like Moshe Rabbeinu was always there to trans, you know, bring their message to Hashem, bring Hashem's message to them, so they wanted to find that a replacement for that position. And it was all based on the fact that Hashem instituted that Moshe Rabbeinu should be the one that brings the word of Hashem to the Yidden. So as they said that uh, it's uh, this uh, that they're talking about Moshe which brought them to the not that they're trying to replace Hashem himself not Moshe Rather, what he's saying is that Hashem Himself instituted that everything should happen through Moshe that took them out of Mitzrayim, and not that they have direct access to Hashem. Rather, it all goes through Moshe as the intermediary between the between the Yidden and Hashem. So, in other words they were relying on the fact that Hashem set up this system that there should be somebody that should be between the Yidin and Hashem so they were trying, trying to find a replacement for that position in order that a Yid down here should be able to be connected to Hashem and that a Yid should be able to serve Hashem properly the way it's meant to be to be able to serve him with every fiber of his being also to be able to serve Hashem with intellectually and emotionally the only way that a Yid could relate to Hashem that he should be able to serve Hashem intellectually and, and emotionally you have to be able to relate to the to whom you're serving 
that can only happen when a lakus is brought down into our reality. Something that we can relate to. And it has to be brought down to the level where one can understand that there is a Hashem, not just take it on faith. Vissen, to be able to know that, to be able to relate to it intellectually. In addition to the fact that there is a mitzvah that you have to believe in God, that there is a God, you have to believe the fact that there is Hashem. That can be, that can happen also to Hashem as He is removed from us. And that's why faith is something which can address, something which is beyond you, that you cannot relate to. So to, to have faith in Hashem, it doesn't have to be brought down into your reality. But to be able to know Hashem has to be only to a level of Hashem which is within your reality so that you can know it. And the same with emotional connection. Uh, so, but to, to have faith in Hashem it can be in the, in the, even in the exalted level of Hashem to that part of Hashem which is completely removed from the world in which we are but Hashem can, reveals itself to a person down here as it is in a guf and when does Hashem integrate with a person and biyichu nifla with this an, an amazing connection and attachment. Biz bedugmas Moshe that it should be on the level of Moshe versus Isha Lekim that he became he now is described as a godly man, which means Hashem is so much invested into him that he is called a man of God. How could that happen? Is this vosmeken zenon heren a person to whom has to be in a person that you can see and uh, and listen to. You can't relate to us to an intermediary which is removed and completely beyond you. You can't relate to Hashem when He's removed and beyond you, at least not by knowledge and by emotion. Yes, you can do that with faith, but to be able to relate to, for the intermediary to have any function and purpose, it has to be a person down here in our reality into which Hashem is invested as Moshe Rabbeinu was, a person that Hashem had him in, integrated with him, and he became the man of God. So therefore, they were looking for something that they could sink their teeth into, as we would say in English, something that you can actually relate to. And in order for Elokuz, godliness, to be able to be brought down and to be able to recog- be recognized in the world, in in this physical world should be able to be related to in every matter of a person's life what they thought was their calculation was their philosophical approach was in order for them to be able to relate to Hashem in every part of who they are meaning even in their personal emotions even in their intellectual abilities it has to be something that is lower down in our reality, low down in our reality, in our physical world. And therefore, it'll have be more forceful, more impactful, and it'll be 
felt in every part of the world. The lower something is, the more can you, you can relate to it, and the more impact it can have in the world. In some way similar to what actually happened after that. After Yom Kippur, what did Hashem say? As the hastened, Hashem instructed that how are you going to relate to Hashem? How is Hashem going to dwell in the world? Make for me a Beis HaMikdash or a Mishkan. What are the materials that you're going to use in order to build a Mishkan? Gold, silver, physical materials. And only then will I dwell amongst them. In other words, as we see actually happen, that in order to bring Hashem, draw Hashem down into the world, they had to use material materials, physical materials. So they, in other words, there was some reasoning to what they were trying to do. And not only that, was Ikre, the main place where Hashem actually dwelt, was in the Oren, the Shnei Akrubim, was in the Oren, and the two Kruvim, the two uh, images that were on top of the Oren. And it was through the Oren and the Kruvim, that's how Hashem dwelled amongst the Yidin. As Hashem said, and I will speak to you, to Moshe, from on top of the covering of the Aram, from between the two Kruvim, the images, which were on top of the Aram. So this is what actually happened, or at least that's similar to what actually happened. And perhaps this is the, the meaning of the explanation in the Medish. As their Tcheta Egel is given, is Kumen, Mitzad Dem, was Peshas Mantere, Bamir Hashem Al Harsina, the Medish says that the reason that they thought to make an Egel, why choose an Egel, a calf? What's the reasoning for making a calf? So the Medish explains that when, by Matantere, when Bamir Hashem Al Sina, when Hashem descended on Mount Sinai, what they saw was Hashem coming down onto the mountain with what's called the chariot as described, Hashem's chariot as described in the vision of Yechezkel which says that there were four images to that uh, there was a body of four images on that one was the face of an ox one was the face of an eagle the face of man and, and the face of a lion so he came down with that chariot and so they saw these images before them and they so to speak dislodged one one of those images the image of the ox from the Pnei Shosh of Merkava so they chose that one and they sort of uh, dislocated it from the Merkava and they chose that one as the image that they were going to build and worship in the end they wanted to bring down into their reality something of their, re- of their reality similar the image that they saw on the godly chariot which was of course a spir- spiritual image that was something spiritual representing something spiritual but they wanted to have it in their reality so they made it into a physical image of a calf that's how the Medish explains why they chose that image. And even after they made the eagle, but before they actually worshipped it, 
Hot Aaron gesagt, Aaron still said the calf was already there. The eagle was already there. Aaron still said we're going to have a celebration for Hashem tomorrow. As from them, what he was saying was it could still be a, a celebration unto Hashem. This could serve as some sort of a something to bring Yidin closer to Hashem. As Vameshavetkum, because when Moshe will come, that by Yidin is Galavern, this will br- reveal within the Jew that Inina Egel is Amitzias Nish. They would see, they would see the contrast. The Egel is absolutely nothing. So the fact that there is an Egel and Moshe would come back and they would serve Hashem, it would show the contrast even more than if it wasn't there. So in a way, it could even emphasize the unity of Hashem by having something else and then it's totally rejected the Pashtas and to put it simply the story as understood in its simple sense if they had not gotten up early in the morning and why did they get up in the, early in the morning the, the Satan rang the alarm clock. He was the one that drove them to get up early because he wanted them to, you know, let's get on with the sin. Let's move forward. Don't delay. Now. Let's do it now. But if they, that hadn't happened and they had gotten up in the normal time, there wouldn't have been the sin of, of, of worshipping the eagle because by then Moshe Rabbeinu would have come back. To the contrary, the whole celebration would have been Moshe will fabrend them eagle. Moshe would have burned, destroyed the eagle, but my bit vehaskim Yisrael, and it would have been within the presence and with the agreement of all the Yidden. Everybody would have come to recognize that it's all nothing and worthless, and that it has to be destroyed. And obviously, there would be no worshiping of the eagle. So, in other words, what the Rebbe is trying to say is. The eagle itself, it was not with the intention of replacing Hashem. It was to try and bring the godliness into their own reality and something that they could relate to. And they took the image from what they saw by Har Sinai. So, in other words, and had it not, you know, it even after they made it, it didn't necessarily have to lead to worshiping of Adazara. So in itself, the ego was not yet the ultimate sin. And had it happened that way, meaning that they didn't get up early, but Moshe Rabbeinu showed up and then everything went back to normal. So that would bring out even more the unity of Hashem, as we said before. As that there's nothing outside of Him. In other words, you know, making an eagle it doesn't rise in any way to anything. And that they would have realized that the only intermediary between Hashem and the Yidden can only be Moshe. Because Moshe is an intermediary that connects the two, uh, the two people, the two entities which he's trying to bring together. He is an intermediary that connects the two entities whereas anything else is an intermediary that separates he, beco- he the intermediary becomes important and the reason that he could be the proper intermediary is only because Hashem sent him he appointed him 
when M gemacht for his shliach to Yidden, and Hashem appointed him as his messenger to the Yidden. But Poilus are then from them the stav givarim. But in the end, what actually resulted from it by Kamam Yisrael, at least by a number of the Yidden of Morgan, what happened the next day is the chet eagle that led to the sin of the eagle, the chet from Avodah the sin of worshiping in Avodah Zarah. Hey, Hashem, the contrary of what it could have been is to emphasize the unity, perfect unity of Hashem. Zayin. And das is the inyan from Kasha in Yoyim Shenasa Eagle. And that's what he means. That's what's important about it's as difficult as the day in which the eagle was made. Nishta Yoyim Shavdos Eagle. Not the day that they worshipped the eagle. The Etzim Zah, because the Etzim Zacham is Zolveren and Abgetailte Metzius. Because the very fact as the making of the eagle, the fact that they're making something which is different, not Hashem, something that is separate from Hashem even though their intention was not that to work against Hashem their intention was that through this they thought they would draw down Hashem into their midst as we explained before but the fact that we created that they created something which was separate from Hashem since it didn't, it wasn't Hashem that commanded them to make that entity, that intermediary. And the, the Tzivi Hashem means the command of Hashem, also means Loshen Tzav When it comes as a command from Hashem, then every command, the word command, all in Hebrew, in Tzavsev, Mitzvah means to connect and to attach. So therefore, when Hashem tells them to do it, so doing it attaches them to Hashem. But when Hashem does not command them, so then it acts not as a connection to Hashem, but rather as a separation from Hashem. This could even lead to a sin of idol worship, which means where you actualize that a person begins to imagine that there are two separate powers. Hashem is one power and then there's this other power. Even though originally they didn't intend for it to mean that way, but since Hashem did not tell them to make it, so therefore it ultimately resulted in that, because they created something which was separate from Hashem. But when it comes as a result of Hashem's command, in the Mishkan, as it was by the Mishkan, that Hashem commanded them to make a home, a house, a building in which Hashem should be able to dwell, and He told them to make the images on top of the Aaron. When you do it because Hashem said it, so then the only importance that that image has is the fact that it channels Hashem. That's the, its only importance. And the image itself has no importance other than being sort of like an antenna to bring Hashem, to bring down Hashem. But the, the entity itself, like the Kruvim, they don't have any importance at all. They don't have their own importance. Therefore, the Kruvim could never lead to someone imagine that there is a power other than Hashem and begin to worship the Krubim. That never happened. That could never happen. Whereas when it happens without Hashem's command, then so then importance is given to the image itself. 
And this is what the Medish means. The eagle is nishmet givarim fundem pnei shersh b'merkava, that they dis sort of dislocated, they pulled out a part of the merkava from the face of the ox in the merkava. Vidas is lamaila as the merkava is above. Vidas is lamaila. Sorry, the way it's expressed in its heavenly image. Is the sachelik from the merkava elgiana? There, it's just a part of Hashem's chariot. Thus, is aninu from the lukus to megal lukus. All it, its role is to be part. It's part of Hashem, and it just reveals a certain uh, aspect of Hashem. That's what it's there for. It doesn't have any importance of its own. But when they dislocate it from the merkava which means they give it importance as a separate entity from the Merkava, down here, not as a part of the Merkava, of the chariot, as Herzich nisht in the Bitla Merkava l'reichev al-leha. When the Merkava expresses, a Merkava means a chariot. A chariot, it's called that because a chariot, like let's say somebody's car, is completely subservient to the driver. It has no will of its own. It goes where you tell it to go. It doesn't have any will of its own, as distinct from the horse that pulls the chariot, which does have a mind of its own. If it sees food on the side of the road, it wants to go there. It does have a mind of, of its own, but for the most part, it listens to the, to the driver. But a chariot has no mind of its own itself. It's completely, totally, utterly bottled. And that's what the Merkava is. So this, when the uh, when the pneisher, the face of the ox, is in the merkava, it has no mind of its own. It has no will of its own. It's just there to express a certain aspect of godliness. But when you remove it from the merkava, which means it's no longer in a mode of absolute utter bittel, it's now separated from that situation. You don't see it. You don't sense anymore this absolute bittel that the that the chariot has to its rider. This could eventually it evolves into a completely separate rishus and a competing rishus, a competing entity to Hashem, so to speak. The the sin of idol worship. Ches in a certain sense, it, you can also compare the same thing is in regards to the translation of Torah into Greek that they wrote on behalf of Talmud the king. In which the Gemara describes that it was a day that was as difficult as the day they made the eagle. Ches. Sorry. The translation of the Torah, the way Moshe did it into seventy languages, or when the Yidden wrote it, inscribed it onto the stones by the this instruction of Moshe, which came of, of course from Hashem, which they also translated into seventy languages. There, there was no problem. Since it was written together, let's say it was also written in Lashon Kaidish on the same stones. as it's in its original source in Lashon Kaidish. So that's one point of the importance of it being together with the Lashon Kaidish, and also the fact that it was given to them as a command from Hashem. 
hat es kein Ort nicht gegeben, aber so ein Pfarrer sein Teilisch, like wie So it didn't allow for an interpretation that was not in accordance with what the Torah meant. First of all, it's written in the Hebrew alongside the Lashon Kaidish. And second of all, Hashem commanded that this should be done, so then there is no room for misinterpretation. While in the Alla Ayan Lashon, because in every one of the 70 languages, it was, you sensed that it was done because Hashem said so. And you also sensed the holiness of Torah because it was written alongside the Lashon Kedush. And over there, the holiness of Torah is obvious. So therefore, the languages that were, when Moshe Rabbeinu spoke them and translated into to, to, Lashen, to all the different languages and the way it was inscribed on the stone was also, it benefited from the fact that it was alongside the Lashon Kedush and that Hashem commanded that it should be done this way. So therefore, it still retained its purity and holiness as Torah without any ability to be able to be mistranslated or misinterpreted. But when they translated the Torah uh, because that's what Talmud the king require, requested, they didn't do it because Hashem commanded it should be done as it was done by the Yarden in Lashon Yavin and they didn't agree that could lead to something inappropriate because as in as we said before that instead of the words that what is the meaning of in the beginning Hashem created it tells us that there was nothing before Hashem created and it was, and it was only Hashem and that everything comes from Hashem that's the meaning of those words but for Talmi HaMelech, this could lead to a, a, the opposite interpretation. Zolman, the their emesis, or the way it was meant to be seen, that it that if everything comes from Hashem, that's what the truth is. But it could lead that somebody should misinterpret it. As stated, saying that there are two competing entities. And the first one, Bereshis, created the second one, Elikim. That's what it could lead to. Well, that is end under psukim b'teira. The same is also true for the other psukim b'teira shushinu l'tamei amalech, in which they find, found it necessary to change the translation slightly so that it would be not be able to be misinterpreted. Vasin rubam hadgiken zayin and asinus makim. Most of them are because it could have led to a misinterpretation. So Apirish was bring taris heipechachtus Hashem to interpreting as interpreting it as something which contradicts the unity of Hashem something that goes against the Torah so in other words when Hashem instructs it and when it comes along with the Lashon Kedush so then there's no room for interpretation when Talmai Amalek instructs it it could lead to misinterpretation that's the similarity between what happened by the Egil that they made their own Egil as an intermediary which was not by instruction of Hashem and therefore it led to the opposite of what they originally envisioned that it could lead to and the same thing happened by the translation of the Torah that it could lead to a, op, the opposite of Achtas Hashem test, test. 
just like this is true in regards to the day that the eagle was made of a Yevonis, and in a more subtle way in the translation of the Torah into Greek what it could lead to in a similar way but even in a more subtle way it can happen within Torah itself in regards to the Machlekes between Shammai and Hillel. Says Yudua, it's well known. Ashamai and Beshamai is Sharshim and Midas We know the difference, it's been explained, the difference between the, all the Machlekes in the Beshamai and Beshilel and Shammai and Hillel themselves, they all lead, uh, follow a certain theme. What is that? Shammai comes from Gvura, um, discipline. Din on Hillel, Beis Hillel is midas chesed. Hillel, his origins, the way his what his opinion sprang from a feeling of kindness, of rachamim, of compassion. On the far and therefore is bechal beishamei luchomer. Therefore, as a general rule, beishamei always goes luchomer because they come from discipline and everything should be done in its most perfect way. When Beis Hillel lekula, Beis Hillel, however, considers the people that have to do it and how it affects them and so therefore they see it in a more um, easy going way in other words a, a, that they, they favor how could the people do it best rather than what is the most perfect way to do it the is the difference between din or, or discipline and chesed and kindness is the dogmas via zakta medish could be understood in a way in which the medish expresses it. Vegn chesed ve'emes about that medish tells us about the uh, the approach when Hashem wanted to create the world. He consulted with emes midas emes truth, which is similar to discipline and chesed and kindness. Chesed ame yivra chesed said yes, go ahead, create the world. It's a good idea. But truth said, it's not a good idea. Don't create the world because you'll be disappointed. People are not going to live up to your expectations. That's what Emes uh, said to Hashem. Does haste, in other words, mitzad midasadin is nishtak in arta velt. In other words, midasadin does not allow for the world. It says the world is a big disappointment. You can't work with the world. It doesn't make sense. Hashem's plan doesn't work within the world. But Rachamim does allow for the world. The world could accommodate holiness. It's a good idea to create the world. It will work. But now that Hashem has created the world, what the result is in our reality is, that Midas Hadin discipline says the world is unworthy you can't work with the world you have to crush the world the only way that you get holiness into the world is do away with the world and override the world that's the only way you're going to get any holiness but when it when the kindness and compassion how does it see the world to the contrary they say the world could accommodate godliness. You have to bring godliness into the world. Don't destroy the world. Don't crush the world. Bring godliness into the world. That's the difference between 
discipline and kindness. From them is verstandig. From this we can understand the chiluk be'aymik yaser betaychan yinanut zvishem midas agvura midas achesed. We can understand on a deeper level what is the difference between gvura and chesed. Mitzad midas adin herzachon as the world is azach. As far as Din, Din looks at the world as, as an entity with its own agenda. It's something, it's got a, an agenda. Something that is separate from Elokos. Elokos cannot accommodate itself to the world. The world doesn't accept Elokos. It rejects the world and therefore the world has to be rejected. And that's why the world, the only way to approach the world which has its own agenda is to crush that agenda. So you have to do away with the world in order for any holiness to be able to be come down into Arya to, to the people. On the other hand, as far as Chesed is concerned, that we can draw godliness into the world. So what does it bring? It brings a sense to the opposite of what Kavura says. As is that the world has the potential and all we need to do is reveal that potential. That it has the potential to become one with godliness. The far darf menton and uftan invelt and that's why we have, to, we have to bring godliness into the world. We have to elevate the world. We have to bring it up to the level of godliness. Megalazine in ear, elokus. We have to reveal in the world. We have to reveal godliness. So therefore, now when you get, we have two possibilities about how to give a ruling on a matter. To the to go, you know, to be more stringent or to be more lenient. Is always goes stringently. They say you have to be, the world is something that you have to reject. And therefore, in any matter of should we do it in a more perfect way, closer to Hashem, or should we accommodate the world, they say, no, to accommodate the world, the world is the, is the enemy. So therefore, they say, do everything to get away from the world, and therefore, judge everything stringently. When Hillel, the says, no, rule leniently. There is a possibility to elevate and bring godliness into the world. So when you approach this, when you look at it even more subtly, you come up with When you look at this approach to the world, the way Gvura looks at the world, that the world has its own agenda, which means it's a separate entity from godliness, at least in a subtle way. So you come, you see, there is God, there is the world. These are two separate worlds. Kaviyachal, so to speak. And therefore we have to do battle, we have to, we have to destroy the world. As the Messias from Welt is menish is since you, since you cannot bring the, the, the world's existence into unity with Hashem it's contradictory to Hashem so you have to destroy it but when you look at it from the perspective of Chesed Chesed says the world could perfectly accommodate Hashem and in other words it's not a contradiction to Hashem 
it's not a separate entity from Hashem Hashem added the world and Hashem could be integrated with each other so when you look at it if you take the logic to its final to its ultimate uh, conclusion Gevura says that the world and Hashem are two separate entities there are two en- entities here and the Chesed says no the world and Hashem are one and the same they could be accommodated they could accommodate each other and that's the comparison to the story over there that on that day Yeshu, uh, Hillel was sitting there subservient to Shammai like one of the students and it was a day as difficult as the day that he made the eagle what's the comparison? since on that day they ruled in favor of Shammai <coughs> which means these gabros from Midas Din, if Midas which means the approach of Din of Gevura overpowered the approach of Chesed. So they were afraid. What could this lead to? They were afraid that this would become the standard, and that from now on Gevura would dominate. And in a very subtle way, within Torah, of course, it's not a big problem that you know that uh, the world has to be crushed or accommodated is a philosophical debate, and it doesn't rise to a question of is there a real contradiction to Hashem. But if you allow it to go, you know, to descend further, evolve into a lower and lower level, this could become a problem which could lead to actual. A contemplation that there could be two competing powers but doctors to doctors in a very subtle way so that in other words that there is a the world is a contradiction to Hashem and it has to be crushed so that's what they were afraid it could lead to in the same way as that's what the Egil could have led to or led to actually and the and the translation of the Torah could have led to as well. Yud, das is abenor was the zweit tag, but this is only in regards to the two days. The miyim shekasul the tamiyam alos the Torah yivanis, the day in which they translated the Torah, on the yim was hilu mayikayf kafa v'yeshev es neshamay, and the day that hilu was subservient to shamay. Zeizan ekashikim shenas beegel slid them chash in those two stories. It's only a a consideration, a concern that this could happen. That this could lead through many evolutions to a contradiction to the unity of Hashem. But in actual fact neither of those two stories not the translation of the Torah not the fact that Hillel was overridden on that day it didn't lead to any negative results as opposed to the day of the Egel that it did in fact ultimately lead to a terrible negative event even more just like by the day the eagle was made Aaron declared there will be a, ce- a celebration for Hashem tomorrow what he meant to say was if we use 
if we use the tomorrow day in the proper way, can the Funariskum and Anini Shulchage could be a proper celebration in Yavdir Sakaj Barakum and they will end up serving Hashem? That's what the simple meaning of what Aaron said was. Kanal. Istake Azaya Ruizikumen and so over there just like it could have led to that but in fact it didn't lead to that but by the story but in the story of the Targum the translation of the Torah that is what happened in the end what Aaron hoped would happen by the Egel actually happened by the the translation of the Torah notwithstanding that there was a concern that it could lead to a negative thing when the 72 skenim actually translated the Torah but with not in the literal in the actual perfect translation they changed things according to what, where they saw it was needed they changed a few things starting by reversing the first three words of the Torah they said Hashem created the begin, in the beginning instead of the way it's written in Hebrew the result of that was that not only was the Torah translated for the Goyim which means that the unity of Hashem was transmitted to the Goyim in a way that they could understand it the way the Torah says that there is only one Hashem and that's what the end, the end result of the translation was that because they did a, an imperfect translation and they reversed the words so now they got the message Hashem created the beginning so that was a, posit- a positive thing that happened from the translation even though there was a concern that it could be the other way but in addition to that there was another positive thing it became the, the final halacha as the that the only language that you're permitted to write official scrolls of the Torah is only in Greek and if you have a Greek written, a, a written in Greek you're allowed to read in the shul from that and it's also a on the status has the status of a holy book and therefore transmits impurity to the hands because they were concerned that if people would leave um, their books next to food the mice come to eat the food they would also eat the, the svarim so they declared that if a Seva touches touches anything it becomes tummy. So and the, the, a Greek Seva also has that halacha in other words it has the status of a holy book and other halachas which apply to Greek written Sefer which is the Shleimus Habirur from the Mksav that means that it elevated the, la- the Greek language that it could be used in the writing of a holy Sefer so what actually happened in that case was not a negative thing although they were concerned that there would be, it could lead to a negative thing but it led to a positive thing and the same could also be said about the day that there was where Hillel had to be subservient to Shamik Echel and Talmidim as Nish Nor in is from them Nish Nor is not only what they what one could be concerned about that they would 
in the future also give rulings as Beshamay. It never led to that, in fact. Nor does Hod Gipoyal, but in, in fact, it had the effect as Oich Beshamay and Inifun Kvir Bittel, that in the end, even Shamay also acknowledged the supremacy of Hillel, that all rulings go according to Hillel. Which is perhaps also the reason why, in certain situations, Beshamai does rule leniently because even they recognized the way that there is value to, to Hillel's approach, and therefore even they ruled according to Hillel in those cases. So, in other words, in, the, in those two stories, it didn't actually lead to the negative event, which was the concern. Since the words of Tadikim are eternal, especially words of Tadikim as they are recorded in Torah, and Torah is itself eternal, is the full movement from this we understand as that that which Aaron said tomorrow will be a celebration for Hashem. He said that about which day? the day that the, the eagle was made was the day before Shivasa Batamas and tomorrow when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from the mountain and it broke the luchas was Shivasa Batamas so Aaron said tomorrow Shivasa Batamas is going to be a celebration to Hashem a holiday unto Hashem so since Aaron said it and in the Torah so those words will certainly happen it will certainly be fulfilled as the writings of the Arizal record as that the, uh, the underlying message the unrevealed message of that is in Divir Aaron talking about the words of Aaron as that Hashem will transform Shiva Yomtev to a Yomtev as Aaron said tomorrow will be a Yomtev because uh, that the uh, tomorrow, the next day, which means Shiva will be a holiday. So the word Machar is to be taken in its literal sense. He meant Shiva but he also meant Machar in the future. Sometimes Machar tomorrow also means sometime in the future. So both the literal sense of Machar and the figurative sense of Machar, which is tomorrow Shiva Asabatamos will be a, a celebration in the future and how does this Yom Tov come about as a result of the Yidin doing Shiva for the making of the Egel which in the time of Mashiach that will be revealed of course because and the perfect unity of Hashem will be realized and seen. And the unity of Hashem will be obvious to all, even to the negative, which today cannot happen, but when Mashiach comes, even the, the uh, absolute evil, the absolute klipa will also be brought back into the uh, the domain of Hashem. It will also agree to the unity of Hashem. As the that the sparks of holiness which are found in the Gimel which is their real, what they are really all about, 
that the Sabachotei will be transformed to good and the Sabachotei will be elevated to Kedusha even though this cannot happen in the time of before Mashiach. And one could say, as that the same could be true also about the translation of Torah to seventy languages, which is happening in our day and age. Especially the translation of Chassidus into other languages, as it's known, we know full well how the Friedrich Rebbe was put in a great effort. That also matters of Chassidus should be translated into other languages. So learn that also those people that do not yet have the ability to learn and to understand Hebrew, other afilu Yiddish, or they don't even have the ability to understand Yiddish. They too should be reached through the. They should be able to reach the fountains of Torah because they can read it in English. They can read it in their own language. When we do this, it elevates those languages in which we translate Torah into. It elevates the language. Torah now is understood in that language. And not only as they are alongside Lashon HaKadosh, as was the case by the stones that the Eden inscribed, but even as a book is published fully in a foreign language like English, and it doesn't have the, the Hebrew tra- alongside it, it's just in English, even then it elevates that language, the English. That this is even more realized when we bring these deepest concepts of and explanations of the unity of Hashem, which are explained in Teres in Loshen Kol Amba to the language, the vernacular of the of the people out there by and through this we bring about from the Not only is the language elevated, but even the nation that speaks that language is also elevated because we study Torah in their language and this brings closer and more quickly than the coming of Mashiach as Oz Vos which about which it said as Oz that then the, uh, all the nations will be will have a clear understanding that they will all call out in the name of Hashem to serve them to serve Hashem all together and then will be the transformation of these days as he said before about to joy and celebration and, uh, and holidays and the end of the days of the the three weeks, which begin on the Shabbos of Tammuz, which ends on Tishabov, that Zaina Yom Tov God will be a great Yom Tov, speedily in our days, with the coming of Mashiach.